Today on the show, how to party like a Catholic, some saints to introduce your younglings to, why this time of year is all about joy, our picks of the week, and so much more. The Catholic Underground starts right now. All righty, we're glad that you're here. Put your hand on the radio. It's time for the Catholic Underground. We are the podcast that tries to cut through the noise of the digital continent and bring you the topics that matter. It's episode number 411. I am somehow Father Chris Decker. Actually, I know how. Mm-hmm. I'm me. Yes, you uh, are. Also joining us, we've got to Kathleen Lee. Hey, Kathleen. Hey. Uh, right next to her, we have Taylor Rodrigue. Taylor is a super fan who somehow finds her way at the desk. So... Whenever mm-hmm. she wanders into the building, we sit her down behind up. the microphone. Hey, Taylor. <laughs> hey. <laughs> and also, uh, Olivia Galino, our student of life, resident Italian food critic, also wandered into the Fellow building. Fellow wanderer, yes. Yeah, we, Hello. We put her behind the microphone. Now, going up to space to the Jeff Star One near Earth orbit satellite. Houston. One, yeah, two, yep. test. Is this thing working? It sure enough does. Uh, <laughs> Jeff Blackwell, I see, is decorating for the Advent season. Yes, indeed. And anticipating the one that is to come. Hey, Jeff. Mm. And also, uh, Ed Ball is the one who's switching the video. So if you're watching us on the radio uh, or any of the other visual means by which uh, we come to you, hello, that's Ed doing that. Uh, You know, I've been, I must admit, I have been binge watching on Disney Plus Mm. the Imagineering story. Uh, Gosh, I should have just made that my pick of the week. But anyway. um, Come on. It is now. Yeah. Top of the show. (laughs) Pick of the week. New thing. Advent. Anyway, so, um, and so, uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> crossing the streams there, Olivia. But uh, but I've I've been really interested in in the, just the story of how these these beautiful things come to be. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, as we at Catholic Under, and we started in 2006, so we've been on the air for quite a while. And yet another Christmas is coming, yet another Advent. Here we are, and we're happy to be with you. Mm. We thought that we would uh, st- uh, start the, the show by partying like Catholics, you know? Yes. Uh, it's often said that Catholics know how to party. Party! Especially if you're Kathleen. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Ain't Cath- no party like and Catholic party. That's very true, so they say. And w- one of the things about, about Catholic life is that we, we feast and we mm-hmm. fast. And so the party has a fasting element to it. You know, mm-hmm. there are times in which we fast, and that's still a Catholic party. And there are times that we feast, and that's still a Catholic party. Yep. You know? So you have your Advent season, which is not typically a season of great fasting, but can be a time of, of waiting, a time of penance, a time of getting getting the house cleared out, right? Um, like uh, people look east. Do you know that that uh, that Advent hymn? Yes. Yeah, make your house fair as you are able. Mm-hmm. Trim the hearth, set the table. Yeah, That's that Advent. And so uh, a company, a party goods company, helps families to celebrate like Catholics in the times of feasts and in the times of prep. And, uh, and so uh, artist Erica Ty Campbell was working as an event calligrapher, which is awesome, by the yeah. way, mm-hmm. uh, in Los Angeles when she noticed this big hole in the Catholic events market. Uh, even though countless Catholic celebrations take place every year, Party goods for those occasions are practically non-existent. Like if you go to your party goods store, you will find the generic things, right? Yeah, the stuff you, that's just in like religious associated colors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Halloween, beige. yeah, beige and pastels, <laughs> right? So you'll like find Halloween, you'll find Christmas, you'll find Easter, you'll find birthday. Mm-hmm. You might find some of the sacraments. You might find baptism or confirmation, yeah. but again, that's more just the pastels and generic crosses. Mm-hmm. So she she says, and I quote, uh, I noticed the first communion plates at parties were the same ones that I had at my first communion in 1998. Yeah. Wow. 
Oh, she's a young lady. Wow. I, I, I feel old now. If your first <laughs> communion was in 1998, um, I don't remember. Well, my, yeah, mine would have been in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Sorry, folks. Uh, <laughs> why am I on this show? I'm so old. We need to bring a younger one. Anyway, so. You don't want to know when mine was. Yeah, no, I don't. I really <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Can we guess? Uh-oh. Early, wait, 2000. No, that's bad. Eight? Uh, yeah. Anyway, beautifully designed modern (laughs) products uh, could be a way to engage young people and teach them about their faith, Campbell thought. Moreover, Catholic party goods would be a valuable service to families who are seeking to build faith in their homes. So, as you know, the first place that a a child encounters the church, encounters the faith, is in the home. So why wouldn't you want to do something like live the liturgical year? And so that's what she said. Uh, A lot of parents, she says, want to celebrate the liturgical year with their kids, but may not have time to plan a lot or don't know where to start. And that's where Campbell's company, Be a Heart, mm-hmm. comes in. Be yeah. a heart. Yeah. She's, yeah, she's, uh, like you said that she was an event calligrapher. I think I follow her on Instagram. Oh, really? And I think she's one of the main contributors to the um, Blessed Is She yes. planner. Oh, the, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The planner that if you're, if you want to be hip, young, Catholic, and female, like you have it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The blessed is she. Yeah, we. In fact, we we've covered. I think we've covered that on the show before. I think so. Yeah. All right. So I guess I do follow her on the uh, on the yeah. Instagram as well. Anyway, so she has this company, Be a Heart, and she's got an array of paper goods with a Catholic twist, like a Fatima themed wall garland, uh, sacred heart shaped paper plates, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, for All Saints Day, her shop is stocked with All Saints themed cups and plates and stickers and cocktail napkins. And then her newest creation, which is a celebration guide for All Saints Day, has the following resources. An All Saints Day party invitation, an 8x10 print download, Saints cupcake toppers. Uh, somewhere, so if, you're, if, you're, yeah, if you're watching us on the video feed on, on some of our screens, we have some of these things. Uh, Saints on the go goodie bags, um, Saints garlands, holy cards, candle stickers. So you make your own kind of holy candle. Um, 33 recipes and tent cards. 12 All Saints Day costume ideas, which I think is awesome. Mm-hmm. And then an All Saints Day bingo activity. If you're watching us on the feed, uh, there are the, the Saints uh, cupcake toppers. So mm-hmm. These little paper cool. crafts that just kind of, they're an yeah. outline, a little cartoon of the saint, and you stick them right in the cupcake there. Uh, and then costume ideas, and she even gives you pictures of what you might wear. Like if you want to be St. Joseph the Worker, throw on an apron, and you can get a, who, who doesn't have a tool set somewhere, you know? So there you go. Oh um, my gosh, I need all it, these things. I was gonna say it's a, the, the, the cute factor is pretty account. high. I will say because the because she draws really well. So mm-hmm. like the the little images of the saints are, are fantastic too. They're great little. Um, you, you know exactly who the saint is. Uh, it's not always obvious, but parties are a big part of being Catholic and living out our faith. You know, because we have the high holy days like Christmas and Easter, but there are a lot of smaller feasts and commemorations that dot the calendar throughout the year. And so, for example, say you have um, uh, a saint that is near and dear to your heart. So, like, Kathleen, who is your confirmation saint? St. Bernadette is my confirmation saint. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, since that's your confirmation saint, you probably, whenever the Feast of St. Bernadette pops up, mm-hmm. you go, yeah, why don't I do something today, yep. mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so, this is an opportunity to do that. So, maybe some Very of the not-so-well-known cool. saints. Um, and, and so, she says, honoring these feasts helps us to stay in rhythm with the larger church, the Church Universal, while remaining within our own homes and creating the domestic churches that the catechism calls us to build with our families. And that's exactly what, um, what the, the church is supposed to be. It's supposed to be uh, certainly the times in which we come together in a universal sense, when you come together in Rome at St. At Peter's or in your parish church, but also in that little core that is your family. 
And so if you think about it, so like um, we have the universal Roman calendar, right? That's all Catholics all over the world. In a diocese, we have, like in Louisiana, we have Our Lady of Prompt Secour, Our Lady of Prompt Succor. That's, in, that's local. And then uh, I actually did something this year because St. John Birchman's, who is my patron, uh, is not on the general Roman calendar, mm-hmm. um, but is, a, is, is on the calendar for Jesuits. Um, I instituted that feast in my parish. Hmm. And so you see, you have local feasts that can drill all the way down to St. Bernadette in your home. So Mm -hmm. you actually can kind of develop a a calendar, the calendar of saints within your own own home, which Mm -hmm. is kind of a cool thing. And so you're creating the the, the domestic church there. Um, So he says, in the hustle and bustle of every day, it can be hard to make time for the days of celebrating as well as the days of penance. Yet our lives are immeasurably enriched by making space for these ancient devotions. Sometimes something as small as a plate or a cup can be a small symbol of the richness of the liturgical seasons and the rhythm of it. And that's the thing. I think uh, as, as Catholics, we're called to live the rhythm of the church here. And that's why we have the great seasons of preparation, like Lent and like Advent, and then the great seasons of feast, where we truly get to kind of sit in the midst of the, that mystery that we're celebrating. So, I mean... If you think about the Christmas season, the Christmas season lasts not just the octave days of Christmas where we spend eight days almost physically sitting in the manger in a mm-hmm. spiritual sense um, and then extends all the way through Epiphany Tide and all the way through Baptism of the Lord and the same thing with Easter. So to be able to live those seasons fully um, and to have, be able to do this with your kids, I think yeah. that's cool. Yeah, that's really cool. I love, the, I mean, if you've ever watched the show, you know I love good Catholic crafty things that people can can Kathleen does love a craft yeah but like things that people have have made into a business Mm -hmm. that are not you know that are are um very traditional tradition they're very traditional but in modern things like she has these swaddling cloths in here that are beautiful Mm -hmm. like and that I would wrap all kinds of fat little babies in because they're just (laughs) like they're just so cute and they're not overtly like they're you know they're not overtly it doesn't say catholic down the backside of your baby (laughs) but it is such a beautiful thing yeah you know to to incorporate into your everyday life and that's that can sometimes be um uh, I think and, and you know this this may be this is just my humble opinion mm-hmm. uh, but I think that a lot of you know some people struggle with how do I you know how do I put make it an everyday thing mm-hmm. you know if you're like for example like if you're like me when I was growing up I used to have like I, I used to make this prayer corner in my room mm-hmm. did I ever use it no but it looked awesome right because I wanted to have this thing that it's a constant that, reminder yeah that said like I'm Catholic, you know, and and for me, it's the same thing with journal. I don't know if this is making any sense, but it's the same thing with journals. I get journals, and I'm like, instead of using them every day, I'm like, well, at least this looks good, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> um, and these are things that you can use every day, uh, that you can, you know, like even from the time your your child is born, you know, every celebration that they have, every party that they, you know, every feast that you celebrate, mm-hmm. um, it's not only just you know pink and blue cups. It's you know, this, these are the saints. These are yeah. people that you should be, you know, incorporating into your everyday life as it is. Mm-hmm. That's right. You know, and I, I, I envy my, my friends who are our parents, young parents, who their kids already know the stories of the saints. They already mm-hmm. know sayings from the saints. You yeah. Know? And, and like they know the hard hitting saints too. Right. Like yeah. You have a, a, a six year old that can quote 
half of uh, St. Maximilian Kolbe's diaries. Yeah. You know, and you're like, man, oh man, yeah. you've got a head start. And that's a beautiful thing. How and, you did that? That's right. That's right. And so these are the ways to, to be right. able to do that. She mm-hmm. says, that's where Christ is. He's between us and other people, whether the homeless person across the street or my husband across the dinner table. That's what it is to, to open up your home and your heart. And part of the ways that we can do, way that we can do that is, is through these little crafty things, these little mm-hmm. beautiful works of art, you know? Um, I mean, just the just her design aesthetic is very solid and very good, yeah. too. And, mm-hmm. and again, thumbs up for not defaulting to cheese. So many yeah. times when Catholics do things, we are tempted to just kind of go, oh, well, it's it's like this. No, no, it's got to be on par with yeah. or better. Yeah. And yeah. so it's really neat to see that at work. Yeah. Very good. Um, so uh, so that's uh, that's yeah, that's uh, if you want to start parting like a Catholic, maybe you haven't learned how well be a heart can help you out. You know, Taylor, you work with kids. And these little simple things probably would speak to their heart, huh? Oh, yes. I was like watching Kathleen's computer and I was like, oh my gosh, this mm-hmm. would be so cute for to bring to class with this. And mm-hmm. I was geeking out. And it's, well, it's amazing. It's amazing what young kids, like we, we think that we have to kind of shelter them from the full yeah. brunt of our faith. And mm-hmm. we can only like let a little bit out at a time. It's amazing what young people, even especially really young children, mm-hmm. uh, they, they can just, they soak it in like a sponge. Mm-hmm. They actually can filter out a lot of the stuff that just, yeah. you know, doesn't enter in. Mm-hmm. And then what they do retain, we're then able to kind of amplify. And, yeah. that's, and that's okay. Don't be afraid to introduce your kids yeah. to, to the beauty of our faith. Whether it be, whether it be um, a, a virgin religious or a martyr or a virgin martyr, mm-hmm. don't be afraid because these are the ways that we live, the fasts and feasts and the family of the church. Because mm-hmm. these saints are part of our family and that's what we believe. Exactly. Yeah. Well, especially like, you know, kids love heroes. Um, I mean, look at the, the right. people yeah. on kids' TV shows and movies and right. things. Like, kids love heroes. And so if you just expose them even the, the slightest bit to like the story of salvation history, mm-hmm. the story of our of any saint, pick a saint, yeah. you know, it's going to be the story of a hero living either a quiet life or like super kind of more typical heroic life. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's what we're seeing is that you have kids that don't even know the characters in the nativity yeah. story. And they only cursorily kind of kind of sort of know the nativity story right but they don't know why it makes a difference and why jesus is different from any other person born anywhere else right and so this is the way to begin to kind of cement it back into your family um, in a way that's fun in a way that's uh accessible and in a way that you as a parent kind of have a, a low level of entry you can mm-hmm, enter yeah. kind of slowly and and um you can, how should we say without a whole lot of having to have a theology degree yeah. you know and that's a beautiful a lot of parents i think are afraid of that they're like yeah. well i don't i didn't study in a seminary well no many don't but mm-hmm. but your home can become a seminary if you dig deep into the faith that is uh, that is there now that you have the internet there's really no excuse as to why we we can't dig deep into some of these things mm-hmm. you know so that's uh, that's uh, just an option for you especially as we make our way into this new liturgical season year a uh, for us uh, here in 2019. It's hard to believe, I know. Uh, another thing that's hard to believe is that we are <laughs> the Catholic Underground. You are listening to the Catholic Underground. You perhaps are watching it too, if you are spry. Uh, we're online at catholicunderground.tv. I'm Father Chris, joined by Kathleen and Taylor and Olivia and Jeff. Ed's over there, too. Uh, yeah. Well, our picks of the week are coming up. But first, uh, kind of dovetailing off of the last segment, mm-hmm. 
introducing your kids to to the saints in your yes. home is important, uh, not just with, with crafts, mm -hmm. but also in telling their stories. Yes. Okay. So Advent can be can be completely by you know by us Catholics can sometimes be completely ignored. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you're like me, but sometimes I get to the fourth Sunday and I'm like, wait, how how we mm -hmm. how did we light the other three candles? I I don't know what happened. Mm -hmm. We get so wrapped up in, in what's going on for the holidays, right? Yeah. We got to get a Christmas tree. We got to decorate the house. We got to clean the house. We got to cook for whatever party we're going to. We got to shop for a list of people. We got to make our own list, which I still do at 33 years old, and I'm not ashamed. But there are so many things that we can get wrapped up in that we miss that idea of the liturgical flow, liturgical flow of the of, mm -hmm. of our calendar. And December comes with it some really great feast days for saints. Six to be exact that, that we're going to talk about to, uh, today, tonight, um, that some of you may know. Are, are around in December and some you may not. Um, but this is an important time, you know, as you're preparing for the birth of Christ, right? As we prepare mm -hmm. our hearts, we look to these saints to, to maybe see how to prepare ourselves, yep. especially those saints that challenge us. Um, and if any of these as we're going through kind of, you know, kind of like, oh man, I really need to work on that. Spend some time with them this Advent mm -hmm. because through their intercession, they can pull that gentleness, that kindness, mm -hmm. that humility out of you. And it's worth saying before you can introduce them to your kids, you have to get to know yes. them. You know, let them get to know you as yes. well, those, those saints, huh? Exactly. Kind especially, like, it's kind of like an oxygen mask. Place mm -hmm. it first on yourself and then on the child. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Especially for our kids when, when we can get so wrapped up in, uh, in you know, the kids are, what am I going to get? What am I going to get? Mm -hmm. um, well, let's talk about what we're going to celebrate and maybe what we're going to give. So number one um, is St. Nicholas himself. The giver. The giver. Okay, now... We all know St. Nicholas, Santa Claus, but did you know that his feast day is not December 25th? Surprise! That's <laughs> Jesus' birthday. His feast day is December 6th. Yep. Now, he was a fourth century bishop from the Byzantine Empire, and he's long been considered a powerful intercessor due to the many miracles that are associated with him. Mm -hmm. Now, hailing from a, a wealthy Greek family, he had a generous and humble nature yep. that urged him to help others anonymously. Yep. Hmm. He, he snuck those bags of gold down the chimney. Right. So that those three young women would have dowries to be able to be married and not have to be given over to a life of ill repute. Yes. And from this and comes... nobody knew. Right? But everybody knew. Everybody did. Mm -hmm. yeah. I know. And from <laughs> this comes uh, the legendary figure that we now know as Santa Claus. So this is a good idea to teach your children and maybe yourself about the beauty of giving through this inspiring saint. Mm -hmm. Not just getting, but giving. And mm -hmm. maybe if you're a gift giver like me, that's my, one of my love languages, giving anonymously. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I want people to know that I gave you this gift. <laughs> Kathleen. So that's number one. I know, I know. You have to be introduced to Saint Nick. Like yeah. all these, all these saints, I'm like going through, going, yep, yep, spending some time with you. Talk to you tomorrow. All right. Our next one is uh, Saint Juan Diego, who celebrates his feast, or we celebrate his feast on December 9th. Um, now he is one of Mexico's most important saints. He's a 16th century Catholic convert yep. who was visited by the Virgin Mary, um, and she actually told him to ask the bishop to build a shrine in her honor. Yeah. Um, now. 
this did not go over so well. And the bishop doubted the authenticity of this. Um, of this, Juan Diego. Right, of mm-hmm. Juan Diego, of this um, this apparition. Um, he asked Juan Diego for proof. And so Mary visited him again and told him to pick roses for the bishop. And this was during the winter. Um, down here in Louisiana, we probably would have roses because <laughs> it's not that big a deal, right? Um, but this was a big deal in the middle of winter to have roses. And so when Juan Diego opened his cloak to show the roses to the bishop, it was miraculously imprinted with the image of Our Lady of Guadalupe. And many of you have seen this. That's right. The cloak is still there today. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, now the bishop had the evidence that he needed to build the church, to build the shrine. And and Juan Diego actually spent the rest of his life in a hut near the church, caring for all the pilgrims who visited the shrine. Mm -hmm. So his story is one of complete faith and dedication to God through devotion to the Blessed Mother. And so that might be something that that you're looking at for yourself or for your kids. Um, What is Mary's role? Maybe maybe this is a time for you to focus on her role in the in the nativity, mm-hmm. um, maybe a little bit differently this year. I don't know. Next we have, of course, our Lady of Guadalupe, who um, we celebrate her on December twelfth. Right. And so, of course, she appeared to Juan Diego. Um, she is honored. Mary is honored as Our Lady of Guadalupe. In her visits, Mary showed her reassuring motherly nature. Um, she not only spoke to Juan Diego in his native tongue which was Indian, not Spanish. Yeah, kind of an Aztec, mm-hmm. uh, Tenochtitlan um, kind yeah. of. Yeah, mm-hmm. but she was able to instill in him enough courage to carry out her instructions. Her feast day, halfway through Advent, is a perfect opportunity for children or for us to honor the mother of God as they await the birth of her son. Sometimes we we see Mary as this silent figure um, in throughout, throughout Scripture. She doesn't say very much, um, but her role is always one of of encouragement of, of, I mean, just think of a great mother who's like, you can do it. You can do this. I'm asking this of you and I'm going to give you the courage and the strength to do that. So Our Lady Guadalupe, December 12th. Now, the day after that, December 13th, we celebrate St. Lucy. Oh, she's behind uh, Kathleen's uh, shoulder there. Ooh, ooh. Yeah. Look at it. If you're, if you're watching go. her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. yeah, she's a fourth century saint and she died during the early uh, Christian persecutions. And there's not enough, there's not a lot um, of factual information about her. She's said to have displayed great bravery at a time when profession, professing the Christian faith often meant torture and death. Mm-hmm. Um, her name means light. Lucy means light. Um, and she is a patient of those with eye disorders. Which makes mm-hmm. for some interesting statuary. Mm-hmm. Yes. She holds two eyes. See, in that picture, if, you, if you're watching us, eyes. she's holding two eye flowers, it looks <laughs> like. That's right. Yeah. Oftentimes, uh-huh. uh, oftentimes, she is depicted holding a plate with, with mm-hmm. eyes on it. Mm-hmm. Um, her great courage is, is demonstration for children to stand firm in their faith. Mm-hmm. Even if they face adversity for their beliefs, mm-hmm. um, which is which is very important in that's, today's that's in a today's. big deal for young children nowadays. Yeah, yep. Exactly. Now that was December thirteenth. So the next day, December fourteenth, we celebrate Saint John of the Cross. Um, he was a Carmelite priest who was a mystic, a poet, and a reformer. Um, and his actions and beliefs saw him um, ostracized at times, leaving him isolated. But in that isolation, he became closer to God. A lot of times we're afraid to, um, to face isolation in our society. Mm-hmm. Um, and really what that is, is an opportunity to, to grow closer to God, yeah. to rely on, on the one who created us, who calls us, who loves us into being. Right? His struggles actually brought more power and understanding to his work, 
reminding him that in life is necessary to accept the cross, St. John of the cross, Mm -hmm. and unite yourself with God. Yeah, some of his poetry, which would probably, it it might be a bit much for kids, but it's good for you as adults to read. Mm -hmm. Uh, It shows the the unity of of the soul with Christ and and just kind of the beauty of what that is. This is a really cool saint for kids um, because um, it shows that whatever hardships we go through, a lot of times kids end up feeling really alone or mm-hmm. are bullied or ostracized or they feel like they have no friends at times in their life. Yeah. Um, it's a reminder that the Lord is always at our side. Yeah, John of the Cross was bullied. Yeah. <laughs> he was. He was locked in a prison um, for trying to reform his order by yeah. calling it back to God. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So really cool saint. Now, Skip ahead a few days to December 21st. It's we're funny, almost, we're not even at Christmas yet. These are, I know. this is crazy. I know, but we're almost there. December 21st, you're wrapping up the last presents. You're making, you know, final menu choices for your Christmas. Spectacular. Spectacular. <laughs> what are you going to do? Celebrate the feast of St. Thomas the Apostle. This guy, this dude is, is probably... Next to Peter. He's one pretty of, famous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he's one of my favorites because mm-hmm. <laughs> there are a lot of times I'm like, really, Lord? Oh. Uh, Thomas is one that adopted Kathleen early on. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he did. Yeah. We were talking before the show about uh, about how, how uh, long we've known each uh-huh. other. And uh, Thomas yeah. has known you for a while. He's known me for quite a long time. <laughs> yes. So as, as we know, he is more commonly known as Doubting Thomas. Um, the apostle story is one that shows children that it's okay if they question their faith. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the greatest, greatest um, pieces of advice that I had um, from Father Chris, Hi. Uh, who was at the time a seminarian. And, I, you know, I said, I don't believe in this God thing. And he's like, listen, belief isn't always a part of the journey. Mm-hmm. What's most important is that you continue mm-hmm. your journey. Mm-hmm. And for Thomas, th- I mean he had a pretty major bout of doubt, right? Um, Pretty public display, uh, but he sought out Jesus anyway. Mm. He became believing Thomas. Right, Mm. right, right. So, you know, if they ask help of the saints, they'll find the answers. There's so many saints out there. And and you know, as a parent, as an adult in, in a child's life, who you can kind of nudge their way. Yep. Hey, why don't you check? I mean, I've had so many students that that, um, that have come up to me and say, yeah, look, Miss Lee, I'm dealing with this. And I'm like, you know what? You know you should read about? This dude. Mm-hmm. Totally up your alley. Um, and, and if you don't know, pray. Pray to the saints and say, hey, look, help me. Help me find a saint for my child. Um, help. That's why we pray to the saints for their mm-hmm. intercession. Um, and, and they're not sitting around waiting for us to, you know, like, like we said earlier, they're not waiting around for, for us to come to them. They're chasing us down sometimes. Yeah. Um, and it's the same thing for our kids. And they need to know that, um, that the Lord is always with them, but so are, so are these powerful, powerful people right. that we call saints. Um, they walk with, walk with us in our everyday. They give us strength to live the gospel, to live the faith, um, confident that Jesus is at their side always. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how we become saints when we pray to and we follow the lives of the saints as well. That's right. As we say, the, the saints are part of our family. Yeah. You know, there is no separation other than the veil, mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the the veil that veils all people's right now. Yeah. But uh, as you'll be hearing it with, uh, with Isaiah uh, and have heard and will hear that, that the Lord is waiting to unveil the veil that veils all peoples. Mm-hmm. And the saints help to peel back that veil. Uh, that we see, right? All right, we're going to take a little bit of a break. We'll veil ourselves momentarily, but we'll be right back.
Hail Holy Queen, Mother of Mercy, our life, our sweetness, and our hope. To thee do we cry, poor banished children of Eve. To thee do we send up our sighs, mourning and weeping in this valley of tears. Turn then, most gracious Advocate, thine eyes of mercy towards us, and after this our exile, show unto us the blessed fruit of thy womb, Jesus. O clement, O loving, O sweet Virgin Mary. to speak before that hit on the Farfisa. Welcome back. You found an Advent version of the Catholic Underground with me, Father Chris Decker, joined by Kathleen Lee, Taylor Rodrigue, Olivia Galino, Jeff Blackwell, and Ed Ball. Our picks of the week are indeed coming up uh, after all of this music, you know. But first, we want to spend a little bit of time kind of unpacking what we have to look forward to. Mm. And uh, we often talk about uh, anticipating, anticipating, anticipating in the Advent season. Mm. What is it that we're anticipating? Joy. 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 <laughs> that Yay. is correct. 10 points for me. No, yeah. So the season of Advent, um, you might hear about joyful expectation or anticipation. Um, mm-hmm. And... Even in the in the church, you're probably familiar with the fact that we have four weeks of Advent, the third of which is... Yeah, yeah, go ahead. What? To everyone? Everyone? Different oh, color sorry. candle? Rose? Gaudete Sunday, yeah. All right, I didn't want to be the only one, because I mean, sorry. I know, you I've already know set out my rose vestment, yeah. so I... Yeah. You already... And congratulations, thank you for wearing a rose vestment. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, so the third Sunday of Advent really highlights this. It's, it's called Gaudete Sunday, and Gaudete in Latin, it's not just the word for joy, but it means rejoice, and it's like the imperative, like mm-hmm. you rejoice. Yeah, the, the te on the end of it is saying mm-hmm. you rejoice. Yeah, like you. not just rejoicing as like, as if this it's this conceptual idea that, yeah, I don't know if I have time, right? No, it's like you mm-hmm. rejoice. Gaudete <laughs> in domino semper. Rejoice in the, the Lord, Lord always. always. Yeah. And, um, Iterum Dico, Gaudete. I say it again. Rejoice. Sorry. <laughs> Keep going. Keep going. Sorry. sorry, sorry. So, um, especially because that's the, the third week of Advent, we're like rounding the corner, we're coming back around the track, and we're getting close to the birth of Jesus, right? Um, yeah. A lot of times during the season of Advent, you might be having like Christmas parties, or even it's not Christmas, um, <laughs> but like, you know, like um, staff Christmas Holiday parties at time work. parties. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Hanukkah parties. No. Yeah, um, I'd, be, I'd be down with a good Hanukkah party. Thank you. Me too. That's also a season of joy and anticipation yes. that is. is fulfilled in the incarnation of Jesus Christ. It is indeed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry, um, but a lot of times, uh, what I've noticed too is that you know people we love Christmas. Like you mm-hmm. ask someone what their favorite holiday is, they're probably going to say Christmas. Um, and what I've found is that we, you know, nine, ten, twelve months out of the year, maybe maybe not whole twelve months, but like eleven months out of the year, we're looking forward to Christmas because we like we know that it's coming. We know that it's a beautiful time of year. We know that it's you know a time when generally eventually things slow down, right? Even though it's mm-hmm. busy and, and frenetic leading up to Christmas, but you know generally speaking, favorite holiday. But then what I've often found too is that people love Christmas, and then as it gets closer and closer, they start to get a little more like afraid of Christmas, uh-huh. like mm. the actual coming of Christmas, because once it comes, it ends, you know. Or For many. Yeah. Or mm. once it comes, it just highlights all the things that like maybe we wish were better. 
yeah. right? Like whether it's family relationships, maybe it's loneliness, maybe it's just like financial struggles, whatever it is, sometimes Christmas has a way of highlighting those things. And so we get afraid, right? And so Advent then becomes a season where it's like, well, I don't know that I can really feel joy because I feel a lot of sorrow too. And mm -hmm. I don't know how to hold those things together. Um, but we're here to tell you that joy and sorrow can exist together. That's right. Aren't you happy we, about that? We are <laughs> indeed Catholic, and that means that we have no problem living in a paradox. Exactly. And and not just that, but like we, I think that if we understood joy better, and I, I mean, I count myself in this too, if we understood what it means to be joyful, mm -hmm. then we would have a better uh, acknowledgement, a sense of acknowledgement when it comes. Yep. Mm -hmm. But then also... A better way of handling when it feels like there's not joy or when there's other things mixed with our joy mm -hmm. um, and so we wanted to look at the bible and our tradition our sacred tradition to discover some different things about the experience of joy that maybe will help to like recalibrate us in thinking differently about joy and helping us to anticipate it right because the the joy uh like like um what is it who is it that wrote Yezu man uh joy of man's desiring is it mozart oh uh, was that mozart or bach mm. i don't know mozart or bach? Oh, one of those right but like god jesus the god was, man really it is beethoven is it beethoven no it was bach bach Ah, Bach. Bach to the future. Keep going. Bach. Yes. Right. So, but I, I think about that a lot. Like, like, Jesu, joy of man's desiring, right? Jesus really is our joy. Um, so as we anticipate his coming in the season of Advent, when he comes at Christmas, we can really learn, spend this time reflecting and learning about joy. So the first of those things that we can pull from our tradition and scripture is that joy is the fruit or the consequence of knowing that God is near. Mm -hmm. And I love the, the idea that we get to reflect on that because it's not something I, I don't think that we readily think about when we think about God, right? I don't think we often reflect on the nearness of God. I think we're more uh, inclined to to think about God's distance, right? Mm -hmm. Or the, the, the perceived distance mm -hmm. between me and God, mm -hmm. right? Or the, the otherness of God, that God is just completely transcendent. And what do I know about God? It's interesting that you say that because I'm reminded, I hope I'm not jumping ahead in your in your chat, but, Go uh, ahead, spoil but, it. but the first preface of Advent. <laughs> so at Mass, uh, and as part of the Eucharistic prayer, the priest prays the preface to kind of give you the, this is what we're doing today to prepare for the Eucharist. And so part of that prayer is, for he assumed that his first coming, the lowliness of human flesh, and so fulfill the design you formed long ago, open the way for us to eternal salvation, that when he comes again in glory and majesty and all is at last made manifest, we who watch for that day, May inherit the great promise in which now we dare to hope mm -hmm. and so we dare to hope because we are longing to experience the joy yeah. of christ coming in the flesh and christ coming for us mm -hmm. on the last day yeah yeah because you have to think about like nearness needs an object right mm -hmm. nearness yeah. to nearness with mm -hmm. nearness for a purpose yep. right and we are the the subject of that nearness right mm -hmm. When, when God is desiring to be near, he desires to be near to us. That's, right. That's the whole point of to, salvation history. It's really hard for us, uh, I think, especially nowadays, to, to really let that sink in. Because, mm -hmm. we, as you say, we, we perceive God's distance, but not his nearness. Yeah. And, and one of the easiest ways, I think, that we can do that, number one is just uh, reflecting on Scripture, which we'll, we'll go to some of those in just a second. Um, but also just the, the idea that, or not the idea, the reality that that God is near us in the Eucharist, yeah. right? That's um, like Pope Benedict XVI wrote a, an entire book on the Eucharist and he called it God is near us. 
Um, but also, you know, St. Bernard of Clairvaux talks about how there's there's not just one incarnation, but there's three incarnations, right? There's the incarnation uh, of Christ in the in the nativity. Yes. There's the incarnation of Christ in our hearts. Yep. But in order to have that third in our incarnation, we have to have the second one, which is Christ being incarnated on the altar every single day, every single minute. It's right? okay. We'll wait for you. We know that your mind's exploded. <laughs> All right, and we're coming back. And we're yeah. back. Yeah. Right, but if you ever need to think about God's nearness to you, I tell, I tell this to, to anyone I give a talk to, if you ever need to think about the fact that you are loved and the fact that God desires to be near to you, just breathe. Mm-hmm. Because if you can breathe, mm-hmm. God is upholding you in love at this very minute. And if he wasn't, you would cease to exist. Not that you would die, you just would dissipate into nothingness, yeah. right? I told my 8th and 10th graders that, and we had to pick up the pieces, because they yeah. were like, wait, what? Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, that was a phrase, and I forgot where I heard it from, but one of the phrases that stuck with me for a very long time, that even the very breath you breathe is borrowed. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so I, so I think about that all the time, when I'm like, oh my gosh, my life, and it's like, Mm-mm. Use yeah. it well, <laughs> Kathleen. Yeah. Right? Use it well. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I like that. I like that a lot. Can and Jeff, use it well, Jeff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go ahead and text that to me. Oh, got you. Um, <laughs> but I think part of the reason why a lot of us struggle to find joy at Christmas is because we confuse joy with feeling good. Yeah. Um, but joy is more persistent than just a feeling, right? Mm-hmm. Especially, um, this is not a, 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 an idea that's or an attitude that's familiar to us, especially because, you know, you watch movies, Christmas movies on a certain channel this time of year, mm-hmm. and <laughs> the, the joy of Christmas that they, that they talk about, that they display for you is very much sentimental and mm-hmm. saccharine and kind of shallow, right? It's yeah. a joy that's like, well, th- that could pretty pretty easily be thrown out the window if like one bad things happen right. when one bad thing happens and also joy is not manufactured right exactly it, it, it is a well i mean it's a fruit <laughs> you know it's a fruit of things coming about yeah exactly um and that actually is a great segue into the second feature of joy especially that we can find in the in the bible is that joy comes about through god's saving work Mm-hmm. Right. The salvation history is God's saving action in human history. Right. God wants to save us. And he's proved that to us time and time and time again, no matter how many screw ups we have. You read the Old Testament, all screw ups. Right. <laughs> you give us the covenants <laughs> to teach us to look forward to salvation. Exactly. As if to say that the covenants are there. And, and when we as, as frail human beings step away, it's teaching us to look forward to something even greater. Exactly. Mm. And because we're, we're never, God never abandons us to our sin. God always intends to save us. God always intends, I mean, what is salvation? Salvation is that drawing near, right? The closer we come to God's heart, the holier we become, the holier yep. we are. Um, and so reali- like the realization that we, that we have to come to is that God's presence among his people is not static. It's very dynamic. It's, it involves movement. It involves flesh. It yeah, involves, it involves m- people. People, mm-hmm. you, yeah. right? Um, and when we, when his people experience salvation, there's joy and it's abundant, right? We hear in, um, first Samuel, we see this people with, uh, like with Hannah, um, Hannah's song in first Samuel, um, chapter two, she talks about exulting in Yahweh for I rejoice in your deliverance. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and then with Mary, Mary, whose song, um, in Luke's gospel very much mirrors Hannah's song in first Samuel, right? She says that her spirit rejoices in God, my savior for the almighty has done great things for me and holy is his name. Right. And so there's great joy, even though like, think about what she's experiencing. Y'all, she's going to be the mother of the savior and nobody knows. Mm-hmm. Right. Mary knows. <laughs> Mary knows. Let me just Elizabeth say that now. Yeah. Mary, Mary did. did she know. did. She, she did. know. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. Magnificat. <laughs> we're, not even, we're not even doing this yeah. right now. Right. Um, 
We can we can talk she about that. Very, very That'll be a post so. show. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> post show. Um, but we also see it in the different parables in Luke too, right? So the stories about the lost sheep, the lost coin, the prodigal son. They they find things that are lost to them, and they rejoice in these ways that like you look at them and they're crazy, mm-hmm. right? So for someone to go after one sheep and to leave ninety nine behind is insane. Mm-hmm right? It's bad business. It's bad business, <laughs> right? Think of it as like a CEO has a empl- hundred employees. One doesn't show up for work and he goes to that person's house and looks right. for him. No, right. that people don't do that, right? right? But that just goes to show you that the love of God is radical. And so the joy that meets that love is pretty radical, mm. right? And so it's okay that that love is abundant and it's going to be persistent, right? It's a, it's a, a love that's ba- a joy that's based on God's love and that love is eternal. Um, and so it also teaches us that that joy that's produced from God's action um, always moves us towards what harmony and right order and being restored to God's heart. Um, so God's spirit's always leading us into this deeper communion with each other and with him. It moves us out of our slavery into freedom, yep. right? Which often involves pain or, or you know, separation anxiety or suffering, mm-hmm. something like that, because we, we get very attached to the things that enslave us sometimes. Yeah, as, as one of my favorite artists, Jars of Clay, says, I've got to admit, I love these chains. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Walking yeah. around this cage sometimes has its advantages. Mm-hmm. Like I don't have to do anything yeah. that requires anything of me. Yeah. And we can mistake that that uh, that slavery for joy mm-hmm. because it's comfortable. Mm-hmm. 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 And well, then, it's yeah. excruciating for the same reason because we know it's not authentic joy. It's mm-hmm. it's it's um it's it's trying to find some form of um it's trying to find some sort of world that we create for ourselves. Mhm rather than saying, okay, Lord, set me free. And that requires something of me. It means mm-hmm. that I'm then responsible for what you're asking me to do, to mm-hmm. do what is best rather than what I want, yeah. which is what the chains are all about. Yeah. Well, and I think too about, from what you were just saying, I think too about Plato's uh, cave analogy, his allegory of the cave, right? So there's these, like, the the light from outside is projecting these shadows onto a wall and these people inside the cave think that that's all that exists of reality is these these figures that mm-hmm. appear in in shadow and then one person makes it outside the cave sees the light sees reality sees the things that are making the shadows and then tries to go back in and say no no no, no. like you don't understand there's so much more than this mm-hmm. and hardly anyone follows him Right? That can't be possible. We've seen the shadows. That's enough. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it just goes to show you, too, that like it's not just in the recognition that there's something greater, but the risk to follow it. Mm-hmm. Right. Because there's a risk in going into a world where it's unknown. Yep. Right. But also knowing that if it's God who's calling us into freedom, it's God who will lead us mm-hmm. and who will be with us. Right. Think about God's presence among his people in the desert. Mm-hmm. Right. They're in the desert for 40 years and they didn't have to be in the desert for 40 years. It could have taken about a week. Right. But mm-hmm. God stays with them because he loves them and he mm-hmm. knows that this is their journey to freedom. Yep. All right. Um, and the third feature of joy is that the experience of joy from God's salvation always leads us, should lead us to worship. Right, which then leads to more joy. Yep. Right. So think about one of the Psalms, Psalm forty three. Then I will go unto the altar of God, unto God my exceeding joy. Right? Joy should should overflow so much that presence being in the presence of God, being in that intimate relationship with God, being drawn into his own heart should lead us to such a joy that it just overflows and it just has to lead to worship. It's it interesting has to lead to a giving back. That in the extraordinary form of the Mass that is the very first thing that is that is said. Mm-hmm. In Troibo ad altare day, 
Therefore, I, I will go into the yeah, house of the Lord. Yeah, exactly. Uh, ad deum qui latificat juventutum meum, to God who gives joy to my youth, right? Who, who, who rejuvenates me, right? That's the word we get for rejuvenation, that the notion that joy leads to worship, and, and worship is done most especially at the altar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and that's what, you know, if you read like Exodus, whenever God is sending Moses to free his people from slavery, he says, you know, tell Pharaoh to let my people go that they may serve me, right? That they may worship me. This is what we were created for, because Mm -hmm. this is what most um, puts us in touch with who God is, right? If we want to know who God is, then we experience that joy that leads to worship, Mm -hmm. right? Um, and that's not something that should be and can be confined to our private life, right? That's why worship is a communal activity, right? That's why we, we go into these communal spaces called churches mm-hmm. to pray and to offer sacrifice together as one family. That's right. Even in hermitages, they come together for the mm-hmm. celebration of the Mass. Exactly. Um, because the joy of some is the joy of all, mm. right? And, and just like the sorrow of some is the sorrow of all, or the sin of some is the sin of all, right? We, we have this corporate mentality, this collective mentality, which means that just like we suffer together, we're also experiencing joy together, and that's the joy of worship. Um, so a fourth feature of joy is that it's not just rooted in God, but in the ways of God. Yes. Um, and so th- these are the ways of God that we have to embrace fully if joy is to stay ours, right? Because they have the experience of joy. Joy overflows, leads to worship. But then it's like, how do you keep that going, right? It's that like after retreat experience of like, but I want to stay here forever. Right, you know? yeah, the mountaintop. We want to stay on the mountaintop because we think that the joy can sustain itself yeah. by our actions. Like yeah. if I just remain here, then the joy will continue. The yeah. honeymoon phase. The mm-hmm. honeymoon much. phase yeah. Yeah, of conversion, of, of retreat high, uh, of mm-hmm. sometimes of life experiences, yeah. you know, marriage, mm-hmm. uh, any, any of the major sacraments. Yeah. And the reality is that, that joy subsists on things that maybe are not always glamorous, but things mm-hmm. like justice and mm-hmm. truth, right? Yeah, like, like uh, when, you're, when you're married and the honeymoon is long over, the thing that, that brings joy is living for my spouse, mm-hmm. right? The, the daily crucifixion that I allow myself for my spouse. In my case as a priest, um, once, once the oil dries on your hands from ordination, you know, and you get to work with those hands, the thing that brings joy is, is spilling your life for your people, huh? mm-hmm. being present to them. Yeah. And yeah. that takes vulnerability. Right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I mean, think about the Beatitudes, right? The Beatitudes are things that are pretty much like descriptors of vulnerability, mm-hmm. but they're also the things like the blessed, right? Yeah, blessed. That's, that's what makes you holy. Yeah. Blessed is just another way of saying happy, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, so if you want to be happy, we have to, to work in these ways that ultimately mean our own vulnerability. But vulnerability is just a, a, a way of entering deeper into love, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so St. Augustine says that the happy life is joy based on the truth, right? Ultimately God, who is the truth, but then the truth just lived out in daily living. Which is not always glamorous, as you say. Not always glamorous. Sometimes very unglamorous. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it's just Mm -hmm. not losing it in traffic. Yeah. (sighs) Don't say that. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Um, a fifth aspect of joy is that it is possible to have, like we said, even in the midst of suffering and loss. And that's something that a lot of times around Christmas, we start to realize like what has happened or what has changed since last Christmas. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the changes are not 
happy changes, right? right. Sometimes there are things that are like, oh, I don't want to have to relive that. Yeah. Um, but we, we hear from the prophet Habakkuk. We don't often hear from him, but we do hear from him here. He says, though the fig tree should not blossom and there be no fruit on the vines, though the yield of the olive should fail, yet I will exult in the Lord. I will rejoice in the God of my salvation, right? Even when all seems lost, even when it seems like maybe there's no reason to be joyful. We can always fall back on, like like the wood of the cross is sturdy, right? Mm. We can always fall back on Christ. We can always fall back on who Jesus is. And we can always fall back on the reality that, you know what, in every situation, blessed be God, mm-hmm. right? Um, and that then the- a, Oh, sorry. No, go, no, go That on. was a hard lesson for me to learn, actually. It was a few years back that Father Matthew sat down with me and as like we're going through all the segments, I'm like, oh, this circles back completely to um, my time when I was like, I keep going in and out of desolation. And I remember telling him, I was just like, I am chained down. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to do. I'm just chained down. And he was just like, we need to look back at those moments. Like, what are those wounds that are holding you down that you're so content sure. in mm-hmm. and find where God was in those moments? Because mm-hmm. just because there was suffering doesn't mean he wasn't present right if anything he was more near than you mm-hmm. noticed yep. yeah and it was going through and pretty much reliving every one of those memories mm-hmm. that yeah. i can now like look back and be like okay this might have been painful but this is that's right this is this, this is, is where the lord wishes to extract salvation and extract resurrection yeah mm-hmm. absolutely and and kind of tying that to the realization that like the joy that we experience in this life is nothing compared to the joy that awaits us in heaven right so um even though even those sufferings are that can be tied up with joy okay those are just things that like put us on that path um maybe a little more prominently in our minds uh, we can think about how they they put us more on that path of of salvation um and really getting in touch with the anticipation of joy right the anticipation of something far greater than we could ever imagine um a joy that that we can't we can't experience certainly in this life and we can't even fathom it um but having hope that it number one it exists and number two that it's promised to us Mm -hmm. um and then the the final kind of foundation of joy is just realizing that god himself is joyful yeah right God himself is is love, he's joy, he's mercy. And so if we, you know, if we really spend time in that in contemplation of that and the fact that God is he's an overabundance of love, again that's why you and I exist because mm-hmm. love is creative, right? Yeah. Um if you exist because your parents loved each other and that love created a sec- a third person, right? That's what the trinity is. Yeah. It's two divine persons who love each other to the point where there's another divine person. That's right. right? They spirate another divine person. Exactly. There's your Five dollar word for the day. Inspiration. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but really contemplating, maybe um, challenging those pre-existent ideas in our minds of God as um, as whatever, right? Fill in the blank. God is uh, overbearing. God is distant. God as um, challenging. God as um, punishing. Whatever it is, right? Yeah. Challenging those ideas um, and and reflecting on with the help of scripture, God is love and God is joy mm-hmm. and the God who wants us near. Zephaniah, again, God will rejoice over you with happy song. He will dance with shouts of joy for you. Do not mourn or weep for the joy of the Lord is our strength. Nehemiah. Yeah. I mean, those are the things uh, that, that we, we don't just sing and they're not just kind of syrupy things that are in the scriptures. No, this is God revealing something of, of, his, of his inner life, of his character to mm-hmm. us, you know? And I think that's one of the things that, that can can happen in our society is we either think that um, that that God is 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 all happiness all the time and never challenging, never dying, never 
you know, never being crucified, uh, or he is the opposite of that. He mm. is always glum and always sad and always angry. And mm. No, that's not, that's not an accurate portrayal of who God is. How do we know who God is? Well, he tells us. Mm. He tells us in the scriptures. Mm -hmm. And he reveals his entire person to us in Jesus Christ. Yeah. You know, Jesus who is like us in all things but sin and who shared the, the many different emotions that we have and the many different dispositions of spirit that, that we are also called to participate in. Yeah. Well, oof. I guess we could keep going, but uh, effectively, it's important that you know that Christianity is a religion of joy. Mm. We as Christians bring glad tidings to humanity, and that's what we're called to do. So, uh, Olivia, good job there on reintroducing us to joy. And hopefully, if you haven't heard it, uh, this is a, a joyful message to you. So be joyful of heart. Something else we hope um, may bring a little joy to your heart is that part of the show that we like to call the CU Pick of the Week. All righty, for our first Pick of the Week, we're going to go back over to Olivia. Ah, <laughs> yeah, thank you, finally. Yeah. Okay, well, my <laughs> Pick of the Week... Now, my pick of the week is um, something that I've picked every Advent, I think maybe since I've been on the Catholic Underground, but... Worth picking again. Worth picking again. So it's St. Bernard of Clairvaux's Sermons on Advent and Christmas. I, I recommend them every year because they change my life every year. Um, this is something that I try to do every Advent and then into the Christmas season to reflect on a lot of that stuff that I was talking about today is just stolen straight up from St. Bernard. Um, but especially if you want to enter in more deeply to this p season of Advent, if it's something that's difficult for you or you just don't understand why we're reading all these crazy things that we never read otherwise, or why is there going to be a genealogy? I don't want to read a genealogy, right? Think about um, if you were looking for spiritual reading um, in the time of Advent, again, can't recommend it enough. And I think I found a way to read it online without having to buy the book. So oh, that's because it, it's so old. Because it's, it's in so public old. domain. Yeah, because Saint Bernard has not been around for a good nigh on 800 years or something like that. So yeah, so um, we'll put that link in the show notes too. But of course, the book is available anywhere books are sold. Indeed. All right. Uh, well, I guess since Taylor is a, is is in the video shop, sure. Taylor, do you, do you have your pick of the week? Have you have you found one? Actually, yes. Good As for we're you. Going through All right. That last segment, I was like, oh, this would fit perfectly. Excellent. Um, what you got? So it's yet again another book. Yep. It's called Be Healed: A Guide to Encountering the Powerful Love of Jesus in Your Life. Okay. And like when I one. mentioned that a few summers back, like I learned mm -hmm. through that lesson, those wounds I needed to get over. Yeah. Um, Father Matthew introduced me to this book and. We pretty much sat and went through it together and Fantastic. it brought a very great awareness like those wounds have names they have relations to sin but then they also show their relations to that joyful aspect sure. as well yeah what's who's the author um, yes yeah. <laughs> my phone went off as i did it all right well that's but important yes, for me to know because i'm going to put it and in it's the show a very notes. light read too it's light and it's easy read fantastic okay. excellent we'll put that in the show notes as well kathleen excellent okay if you um are like me and you have to get a gift for everyone uh your bank account may be running dry mm -hmm. but a good Preach. place to find good <laughs> gifts especially uh, like housewarming gifts if you're going to someone's house for a party or you are looking for a good dish to make a something in um home goods yes John. Look, it's the perfect place to it's buy a, store. a nice. It's a it's a store. Okay. Now you can go to the website, but you can't buy anything off the website because it's like, um, it's like overstock. Yeah, it's kind of like overstock, like but it's classy stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is classy stuff. So, um, home goods. If you're looking for a last minute gift, um, you know, a last minute blanket, pillow, whatever, 
Home Goods. All right. There okay. it is. Yes. Jeff, you're I'm just glad you didn't recommend the blood bank or a pawn shop. Anyway. It's a family show. And mine is really for adults. This is a libation. Okay. All right. It's made by Rum Haven, and it's a coconut water rum. Oh. So uh, it's just kind of one of those things that's really nice to to finish off a meal with, a little sipping, you know, and and it's it's just delightful. A a sipping uh, rum is never a bad thing. Oh, Mm -hmm. and it's uh, very, very smooth. Very cool. um, We'll we'll put that in the show. All right. My pick of the week I'm actually wearing, I just realized. Oh, what? Yeah. Yeah, so I I was in need of a new scapular because, you know, I go through them, uh, they wear out uh, after a while. And so the folks at scapulars.com, have a, have a scapular that's uh, that's quite robust. The cord is pretty darn strong, and the thing that really makes it fantastic is that it's got a little pocket <gasps> in on. the top of the scapular, so you can fit your medals in it. So, like my oh, Benedictine yeah. medal is in here, and except for the fact that my miraculous medal is so large, it doesn't quite <laughs> fit in there. Okay. You really could, yeah. But I've had this for so long that this is this is my miraculous medal. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, the scapulars.com. They usually have sales around okay. uh, around Christmas tide and whatnot. So that's my pick of the week. I'll put a link the, to them in the show notes. The, the real thing I like about that too is it keeps it weighted down because it, it mm-hmm. does. The scapular will always work its way. Mm-hmm. That's true, and kind of choke you at night if you wear yours to bed like <laughs> right. I do. Yeah, that's true. That's right. Yeah, very good. Well, Jeff, we are always grateful for those who support us with their prayers and finances. To all our benefactors, watchers, and listeners, thank you. Absolutely. This week, the Catholic Underground is possible because of people like you. Join the growing number of undergrounders at catholicunderground.com slash donate. And an important way to support us is to like us, heart us, star us, and share us on your social media platform of choice, Father. That's right. And don't forget to leave a review in any of the places oh, you can yeah. do that. Where Please can do, do that. Yeah. Please. Uh, that way other people can listen to what you say and not just what we say about the show. So thank you to those of you who've done that. Our panelists this week have been Kathleen Lee. She's the benefactress. <laughs> Kathleen, thank you. Anytime. Olivia Galino is at the.real.omg on all of the socials media. It's uh, true. Thank you for putting the dots really well. I'm trying to. I'm trying. Also, Taylor Rodriguez, super fan and <laughs> sitting at the desk. Thanks for joining us, Taylor. No <laughs> problem. Also, our technical director, Jeff Blackwell. He's at Jeff Blackwell us on Twitter and on Instagram. Thank you, Jeff. It's a privilege, Father. Our research assistant, the leader of the crew in the lab is Jim Hayes. Thank you, Jim, for all that you do for all these calendar years you've been with us. Our video and graphics director is Ed Ball. And uh, thou knowest me, I be Father Chris. Uh, You can follow me on Instagram and on Twitter at Digital Catholic if you so dare. We hope that we've helped you cut through the noise and find that still small voice this Advent. We are the Catholic Underground. We're Faith Gone Digital somehow, and we will see you next time.